0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.
1: Hey, it's Peter Dugan, and it's so great to be with you for this week's podcast. We need your support to keep bringing you these wonderful young players each week. So if you can, please reach out to us with a contribution at FromTheTop.org. Here's the program. from NPR.
2: It's from the top.
1: Celebrating the power of music
2: in the hands of America's kids.
1: Welcome to the program, my friend. I'm Peter Dugan, your host, introducing you to another inspiring bunch of talented young musicians. Like we do a lot on our show, we'll be talking about family today. And I think you're going to be impressed by the diverse collection of families these young people come from. Like Kirsten Gonzalez, the young violinist from Southern Virginia you'll meet who's got some unaccompanied Bach to play for us, her parents met at the Air Force Academy. The teen violist on the show is from Texas, and his parents run a mobile phone store. The soprano you'll hear sing today was inspired to play music by her grandfather, who calls himself the Hawaiian Elvis. And our first musician draws emotional and spiritual inspiration from the family's three dachshunds. His name is Honor Frisco. He's 16 and he's from the Los Angeles area. I met him not too far from his home in Thayer Hall at L.A.'s superb training ground for music and dance, the Colburn School. Honor, you're starting our show off with some serious fireworks. What are we going to tackle? Uh, Today I'm going to be playing Vinyaski's Scherzo Tarantella. Okay, I'm ready when you are. Let's take this from the top. Honor Frisco, our 16-year-old violinist from Palos Verdes Estates, California, kicked off the show with the Scherzo Tarantel by Henrik Wieniawski. I'm Peter Dugan. I was at the piano having so much fun with you, Honor. I loved keeping up with your fireworks and your energy throughout that whole piece.
3: Thank you. It was a great experience. I love playing with you.
1: Yeah, well, likewise. That piece is, I have to say, just like the epitome of a violin showpiece. It's a way for a violin star like you to really get in the spotlight, but... I read that the main reason that you love music is for the joy of sharing the spotlight. Like, didn't you have an orchestra performance recently that crystallized so much of what you love about playing music? Um, so, it's actually my high school
3: orchestra. Got it. I'm a section leader for the second violinist. Uh-huh. And I just love being leading the team. It feels like everyone's working together cooperating I just love being a part of that energy that the team gives off so yeah it's just a great opportunity for me to lead that section and be a part of that uh, team spirit so yeah team spirit
1: and team sound too right being right. part of that huge sound uh, so you love the teamwork of the orchestra but you've got a great team at home too I'm talking about a very special trio of animals <laughs> please bring me into the world of your dogs
3: so I have three Doxens. They're the wiener dogs. Yep. Um, my oldest dog, I sleep with him every night. He's he gets kind of angry and mean sometimes. He likes to bite people. It's kind of oh. unfortunate. But then the youngest, the youngest dog, he's really playful. He likes to he likes to roll over and like get belly rubs from us, and then. Uh-huh. The, the middle dog's like really hyperactive. And we actually recently got um a complaint for the neighbors. They called the cops on us uh, because the middle dog
1: was barking too much in the courtyard. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Sounds like a handful. <laughs> three dachshunds with three different personalities. I know your parents are hugely supportive of your music, but they also enjoy um, making fun of you for your vocal performances in the shower. Mm. Is yeah. that right?
3: Yeah, I sing, like, every day in the shower. Like, everything from opera to pop music, I just like to switch it up sometimes. And you know? they give you a hard time for that? Yeah, a little bit. They tease me, but I think it's fun. What What's your go-to shower aria? Um, for sure, Ave Maria. I love Ooh. starting starting the day off with that, and then... <laughs> You know, some pop music or, like, 80s, 70s music I love. yeah.
1: I want that whole playlist. (laughs) (laughs) Honors shower playlist. That's hilarious. (laughs) We've talked a bit about how being on a musical team just feels right to you. Mm -hmm. But another thing that feels right to you is doing volunteer work with your music. And that makes sense because that idea of generosity is part of what being a good team player is all about. I was interested to learn that sometimes the volunteer work that you do feels better to you even better than your formal concerts. Why is that? Uh, I think when I'm in a
3: formal concert setting, sometimes it feels like I'm just being watched like an ex- exhibit almost. Mm. And then when I'm performing for people in like a volunteer sort of manner, yeah, um, I feel like there's, it's just more genuine and raw. Like the energy mm. is reciprocating back and forth between me and the audience. Mm. And then it feels like they're just there to enjoy the music.
1: And yeah. Mm. Yeah, I... Think yeah, I I think if you can hang on to that feeling of that genuine quality you get in those volunteer concerts and trust that it's okay to bring that Mm -hmm. onto the concert stage, you know, that rawness that you described, um, I I just encourage you to do that with with all of your performances because every audience, whether it's in a nursing home like you described or Carnegie Hall, every audience wants to meet Honor Frisco in the most raw, unfiltered way. So Mm -hmm. just keep doing that. Okay. And I love your team spirit that we've just heard all about. Thanks so much for letting me be your teammate today. Honor Frisco, 16 years old, from Palos Verdes Estates, California.
2: If you subscribe to From the Top's podcast, you can download whatever episodes you want and listen on demand. They're available at fromthetop.org. For the last 15 years, From the Top and the Jack Kent Cooke Foundation have awarded over $3 million in scholarships to talented young musicians who have financial need we still have more to give. Go to fromthetop.org to learn more. Peter.
1: Thanks, Joanne. I'm back at the piano now, and standing beside me is our next performer, a wonderful 18-year-old soprano, also from Los Angeles, named Leilani Patel. And Leilani, you're going to treat us to one of the most beautiful songs from Rodgers and Hammerstein. Would you introduce it?
4: Yes, of course. I will be singing Out of My Dreams from Oklahoma.
5: i mm-hmm.
1: 18 year old Leilani Patel from Los Angeles, California sang Out of My Dreams from Oklahoma, music by Richard Rogers and lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein. I was at the piano, and Leilani is one of our Jack Kent Cook young artists. Leilani, that was such a treat to perform <laughs> with you. You just bring such a wonderful youthful energy to the song, which is just what it needs.
4: Thank you so much. <laughs>
1: Lilani, we decided to introduce you with that beautiful musical theater tune because as a student taking lessons at the Colburn School mm-hmm. right now, musical theater is your main focus. Right. But your musical abilities are actually really multifaceted. Like, you're also a singer-songwriter. Yeah. And a <laughs> prolific one at that. Talk about your songwriting practice.
4: Yeah, um... I I used to keep a journal every day, but then more and more I started writing poetry, and then poetry turned to songwriting. And now every day I go home, and I I sit down, and I process my day through songs. And then I have, like, hundreds at the end of a year, and I turn it into an album.
1: (laughs) That really inspires me. You're really writing a new song a day.
4: Yeah, they're not all they're not all keepers at all. <laughs> but um, I often find like the worst ones from like three months ago will turn into some of my best songs three months down the line. And, yeah. and it's the ones that people really like to hold on to.
1: Would you mind sharing a track with us? Yes. Okay. So this is from your album titled The Lovers Reversed. And the song is called Senses.
5: The sense of falling, the sense of flying, Dry. Constant pounding, incessant blinding, our drum in a business. And then the passengers seat.
1: <laughs> I love the textures that you create. Is that? You like have? Have you layered yourself to form that kind of eerie chorus?
4: Yeah, it's. I think it's about eight different me's, (laughs) (laughs) all with different various effects on there. But it's a lot of parts.
1: (laughs) It is so effective. You create this soundscape that's really unique, and then with the the lead vocal, of course, is beautiful too. You credit the beginnings of your songwriting to your grandfather. What's the history there?
4: Right. my grandfather, for as long as I can remember, has always had like a ukulele attached to his hand. And he always likes to talk about how he's the Hawaiian Elvis. And, and growing up in <laughs> Hawaii, um, he had a band that was like like the Temptations. He'd always say like a doo-wop pop band. Maybe. And he I, he's never told me the name, but he just absolutely loves talking about the golden days and his wonderful band in Hawaii. <laughs> um, and I remember, I think it was in first grade, I begged him, please teach me to play ukulele. And the first song he ever taught me was Memories from Cats.
1: (laughs) Right, because of course you had so many, so many memories to draw on as a six-year-old. Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've read how much your Hawaiian background and identity means to you. Does it play a role as you prepare now for a career in musical theater?
4: Yes, of course. Um, I, I always like to say that as a performer, I never want to change who I am underneath a character. Mm. No matter who I am, I'm always Native Hawaiian, and I'm also from Switzerland. I'm I'm two identities at once, and I think I like to bring a little bit of me into every character and into every song I, I sing because I'm so multifaceted as a, as a mixed person in, mm. and as a person of color. I think Indigenous people and Native Hawaiians deserve a place as who they are, not as course. blending in as other people in musical theater.
1: Of course. Well, can we continue to broaden our musical view of who this amazing Leilani Patel <laughs> person is by having you sing one more song? Yes, of course. Okay, we've asked you to sing something that directly embraces where you come from. Would you please introduce it?
4: Yes. I will be singing Aloha Oi by Queen Uo Kalani.
1: 18-year-old soprano Leilani Patau sang Aloha Oi by Queen Liliuo Kalani. We're going to extend the sacred tone Leilani has set for us with a performance of some unaccompanied Bach. Here's the 17-year-old violinist Kirsten Gonzalez from Hampton, Virginia, performing the Adagio from J.S. Bach's Sonata Number no. 1 in G minor. 17-year-old violinist Kirsten Gonzalez from Hampton, Virginia, performed the Adagio from Sonata No. 1 in G minor by Johann Sebastian Bach. And what a spell you just cast on all of us, Kirsten. I, I really loved the timing and the pacing of that performance. It was very special. Thank you.
6: Thank you so much.
1: Well, now that you've put us all into this elevated trance with that performance, can we get real about your feelings about Bach? Because... You say that you have sort of a love-hate relationship with this stuff, right?
6: Yes, I definitely do. It's been a difficult but fun journey learning this piece because it's super difficult controlling both my bow and my left hand at the same time.
1: Right. Yeah. I I mean, it's that kind of counterintuitive thing where sometimes the slow, sustained notes... uh, are actually can be more difficult than the fast stuff, and it, it requires that great control and, and discipline in the, in the right hand. And that kind of discipline probably comes more naturally to you than most because of the military background of your folks. Would you talk about your parents' history a little bit?
6: Of course. Uh, so my parents, they met at the Air Force Academy in uh, Colorado, They were both active duty for a while, and then my mom, she'd finished her commitment. She got out, and my dad, he's still in the Air Force.
1: And would you say that the military background of your parents in any way was reflected in your upbringing and how you were
6: raised? Yes, definitely. So from a very early age, my parents have taught me about hard work, discipline, the importance of integrity— and dedication. So it's been really helpful with my journey with music.
1: Yeah. I mean, those are all qualities that are of course necessary to make it in, in the arts too. Uh, Your dad is a pilot. Have you ever checked that out? Have you ever flown with him or, or gotten interested in, in that world?
6: Yes. So a while back I had the opportunity to take some classes uh, at William & Mary. It was a ground school class, and I basically learned how to fly a plane from inside a classroom. It's pretty cool.
1: Wow. So you haven't, you haven't flown an actual real-life plane yet, but you've been in the cockpit before, yes. I'm, I'm guessing.
6: It's, it's awesome. I got to see the sunrise once. We left around like 5.30 a.m., and wow. it was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen.
1: So your parents aren't musicians, but they're r- serious road warriors when it comes to your music. Talk a little bit about your weekly commute, because I find this absolutely stunning.
6: Yes. Yeah, so every week, my mom drives us to Manhattan for pre-college at the Manhattan School of Music.
1: So what is that drive like? Because you're, you, I mean, you live in Virginia.
6: Yes. Yeah, so we typically leave around midnight or 1 a.m. We drive all the way up to the school. We get to the school. Wow. My mom drops us off. She goes to sleep in the car while we're in class. Right At 6 p.m., we all get back in the car and we drive back to Virginia each week.
1: Wow. I mean, such dedication. Uh, Kirsten, it's been really nice just getting to hear about all these different sides of you and... Uh, can't thank you enough for sharing your Bach with us. What a beautiful contribution.
6: Thank you. Thank you for having
2: me.
1: Kirsten Gonzalez, 17 years old, from Hampton, Virginia.
2: Nine out of ten young musicians recommend watching Daily Joy videos every day to significantly improve the quality of one's life. These Daily Joy videos feature beautiful music performances by young artists, and you can sign up for the fun at fromthetop.org.
7: Support for NPR comes from this station. And from the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism, offering visitors information about the arts, culture, and history of Boston, the journey begins at visitma.com. From the Jack Kent Cook Foundation, providing scholarships to high-achieving students with financial need, jkcf.org. And from the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, helping NPR advance journalistic excellence in the digital age.
2: From NPR, it's From the Top, celebrating the power of music in the hands of America's kids. Coming up, a bold and stormy performance of the music of Frederick Chopin, performed by a pianist who's just 13 years old. Special thanks this week to the Colburn School for hosting our in-person recordings at Colburn's Thayer Hall in downtown Los Angeles. From the Top's host, pianist Peter Dugan, is sponsored by Susan and Gerald Slavitt.
1: William Flacton lived during the mid-1700s in England, and he was a bookseller by trade. He was also a serious organist, violist, and composer, and his works for viola are perhaps what he's best known for today. Our next young performer plays the first two movements of Flacton's viola sonata in C minor. He is Jacob Choi, he's 18, and from McKinney, Texas. Jacob is joined by Unsil Cho at the piano. That was the first two movements of William Flacton's viola sonata in C minor, performed by 18-year-old violist Jacob Choi from McKinney, Texas. Unsul Cho was at the piano. Jacob is one of our Jack Kent Cooke young artists. Wow, Jacob, that is such a elegant piece of music, and you bring a really sophisticated sense of style to it. Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, really nicely done. But it makes sense in a way that you would just embody that music so organically, because performing is something that's sort of natural for you. I mean, weren't you submerged in the world of performing arts as a little kid? Yes,
8: I was, because, like, my father, he was the uh, professional conductor at the Philharmonic Orchestra, so... Obviously, I heard a lot of, like, different music, like, going on in the household, because my mother was also a voice uh, major, and then my brother, he played the violin.
1: So, were you one of these from the top toddlers who was, I guess, just begging to get into that musical action and and just dying to start? I'm going to be honest with
8: you. Uh, When I was young, uh, like, I was just more interested in playing video games and just (laughs) watching cartoons, you know? Uh, Yeah. But... Naturally, over time,
1: uh, yeah, classical music became uh, something that I really wanted to do. Well, more recently, you've experienced another personal shift regarding why you play music, and it's about a big life transition that pretty much everyone has to wrestle with. You're you're absolutely right. I started playing the violin, and uh, I started because
8: I wanted acknowledgement from my parents and my brother. My brother was always more recognized, and I, because of that, I kind of want to acknowledge myself and i wanted to prove them wrong mm. <laughs> so that's why yeah. i started the violin and then um over time i realized that you know you're able to create invaluable uh and emotional connections with uh yeah. any other any anybody uh, from different socioeconomic backgrounds uh, throughout this whole entire world so it's a universal language that uh is
1: just so priceless and it's, it's truly something special and i can't live without it now It's wonderful that you've found a deep appreciation for music beyond just wanting your parents' approval, uh, but still your parents continue to influence you. For instance, they've become business people now, running a mobile phone store. And haven't you also been studying business? Yes, uh, I'm in two uh, business clubs at my school,
8: and also this past summer, last year, I had the tremendous privilege to be able to uh, uh, participate in uh, Wharton's Global Youth Program this
1: uh, business program that they do um, every summer. Oh, by the Wharton Business School? Yes. Well, now that you've been learning so much about business, do you have a long-term goal in the business world? Yes. I want to become a trilingual
8: social venture capitalist when I grow up. And the reason why, so first I'm a Korean American, second generation. So uh, naturally the um, English language and the Korean language is uh, like pretty natural for me. But then uh, I'm also very interested in the Spanish language as well, so that's why I want to be a trilingual uh, social venture capitalist. And the reason why I want to be a social venture capitalist is because, uh, you know, so my father actually uh, at his store, our targeted customers are usually underprivileged uh, minorities, usually, and so because mm-hmm. of that, um, uh, a lot of them are not able to have access to credits or uh, credit histories, and. Mm-hmm. As a result, uh, they can only purchase prepaid phones and they do not have access to special benefits. Uh, There's a lot of times when I've seen this firsthand, I've witnessed this firsthand and you know, like there's nothing that we can do for them. Uh, So I realized that when I do grow up, one of the many ideas that I have as a a trilingual social venture capitalist is uh, investing in uh, institutions such as microfinance institutions. uh, And Mm. uh, that's one of the
1: main reasons why I want to be a trilingual social venture capitalist. Yeah. Wow, Jacob, that is such an imaginative concept, and the world honestly really needs that. and needs you. So I know you're going to do that and just follow that dream. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much. Jacob Choi, 18 years old, from McKinney, Texas.
2: The young performers on our show are so impressive, sometimes you've just got to see it to believe it. And that's pretty easy to do, actually. Just go to fromthetop.org and check out all the fun video we put out every week. Not only do we have photos and video of our young players making radio with us, we've got our Daily Joy video series, virtual concerts, raucous pop music covers, and more. That's at FromTheTop.org.
1: Peter Dugan here, and next up, our youngest performer of the day. But this boy's age certainly hasn't stopped him from tackling one of the most challenging pieces by Frederick Chopin. He and I met in Philadelphia to record his performance of the Chopin Scherzo Number no. 2 in B-flat minor. Matthew You not only play this Chopin Scherzo fabulously well, but also this piece helped to really deepen your love of classical music. From what I understand, you were working on this piece when your teacher showed you what you describe as the treasure chest in the music. Mm -hmm. Can you explain what happened and what you mean when you say the treasure chest? What is that all about? So the treasure chest, um, obviously the whole thing about
9: treasure chests is you have to find them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes with map and uh, partner, for example, a teacher, and you have to work and really dig deep to find the treasure chest. So what really is it? The treasure chest is the hidden melodies in a piece. So, for example, um, a lot of pieces have hidden melodies, for example, in the tenor, in the bass, that um, it's really beautiful when you bring them out and you have two melodies at the same time, which is going to be cool
1: yeah, it's like these voices that you might think are just part of the accompaniment, but when you kind of bring them to the foreground, they become a beautiful melody unto yes, themselves. Yeah. So let's see. Would you be willing to show me what some of you know one of these spots in the Chopin that has such a hidden melody?
9: Well, yeah, sure. So for example, in this um, beautiful um, part with a lot of different voices, uh-huh. um, it's not really obvious at first, but first, let me just play you the whole part.: Sure. So as you can see, there's a beautiful um, right hand with the top melody being really smooth, but there's also another thing to it. If you pay attention to the left hand or maybe just look at the score,
1: So that's the hidden melody. So now can you play that for us in the context of that whole passage? Yeah, sure. that it brings really three dimensions to that passage of yes. the music that's yeah. so beautiful the way you do that well i'm really excited now to hear what other hidden gems you have for us in this performance whenever you're ready take it from the top good man okay thank you Matthew Chang, just 13 years old, performed Frederick Chopin's Scherzo No. 2 in B-flat minor. It's opus 31. Matthew is from Bethesda, Maryland. What a magnificent performance, my friend. I enjoyed all of the hidden gems that you showed us, and it was just so powerful. Thank you. Regarding your progress as a pianist, you're so hungry to improve that... Uh, you're willing to seek critical feedback, I've heard, mm-hmm. even if it's right after coming off the stage. Yes. Have, have you really done that? Like, right after a concert, ask someone, uh, how can I improve? What What could I have
9: done better? Yeah, well, after a lot of concerts, I always ask people, um, how did I play? But um, unfortunately, most of the time, the people I ask are not really like the most professional. And they always say, oh, it's so good. And (laughs) blah, blah, blah. It's so good. It's so good. Uh But um, sometimes um, when my piano teacher is listening after I play and then I tell her, how did I play? And 90% of the time she says, you rushed, you rushed, you rushed, Uh you rushed. Or it was too loud or it was too soft. And I'm not like, ugh. But it's more like, okay, I can learn. But unfortunately, the rushing thing is a little bit of a different topic because it's really hard to not rush during a performance.
1: And so it doesn't bother you to receive that feedback. For me, I would rather you lie to me if it's the night of the concert and I just walked off stage. Just tell me it was great. (laughs) And then the next day... You can be real with me, and I'll i I'll, I'll be ready to receive the the critical feedback. But well, you have, you know, thicker skin than I do, my friend. Well, on the other
9: hand, like the next day, you might be like, then why didn't you tell me the things I could have improved no, the day no, before? No, not me.
1: <laughs> Lie to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know your competitiveness extends into the realm of martial arts. From what mm-hmm. I understand, what yeah. sorts of martial arts are you into? So I'm in um, karate. Karate, and yes. H- how do your How do your parents feel about you doing karate and piano in terms of taking care of these precious hands?
9: Well, they actually signed me up for karate in the first place because I was really energetic. Ah. So actually, they was?
1: want
9: was yes, <laughs> not now, not anymore. <laughs>
1: no, now you're chill, cool <laughs> as yes, a cucumber, yeah, especially
9: right. with music. Um, well, actually, a few days ago, I just tested for my um, second-degree black belt, what? like, actually, and I had to break four boards, and I had to use two punches, uh-huh. uh, a step-through sidekick, and a neck chop, and that kind of hurt, but, like, after, like, um, maybe, like, a few minutes, it got better. It wasn't, like, wow. um, really permanent because, yeah, the, like, for example, my instructor told me to kind of... Um, treat the board like a piano basically really? hit not the place but hit like through like through it. for example in piano play through the basement not play just hit the keys um, the right. board's the same thing yes
1: right you yeah. want to p- depress the key all the way yes. you just you, like your weight keeps traveling through mm-hmm. that's such an interesting tie in yeah well you you're a bold man uh, <laughs> you clearly enjoy taking on a risk and you certainly did that today what a bold audacious and mm-hmm. fun performance that was bravo thank Matthew thank you Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Matthew Chang, 13, from Bethesda, Maryland. And that concludes our show today. I want to thank all the young performers we've met, not only for sharing their music, but also for sharing their humanity. And to you, listening while at work, or at home drinking some tea, or while you're sitting in the Ford as it churns through the car wash... Thank you for being here. Please join me next week, and we'll take it from the top.
2: This From the Top is written and produced by Tim Banker with music director Megan Swan. Sound design and editing by John Escobar. Our production manager is Matt Dykman. From the Top's executive director is Gretchen Nielsen. I'm Joanne Robinson. Special thanks this week to Jessica Ewing, Francesco Perlangeli, and Hawk Graham at the Colburn School, and to William Chen, who engineered our work there. The engineers for our remote sessions on this episode include Doug Ross at Turtle Studios in Philadelphia, Stephen Rates at Sonark Media in Hillsborough, North Carolina, and Ronald Houston in Dallas, Texas. From the Top is an independent nonprofit organization based in Boston. If you'd like to appear in our program, apply online at fromthetop.org. From the Top is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts. On the web at arts.gov.
7: Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Howard and Geraldine Pollinger Family Foundation, committed to nurturing the development of talented emerging artists and sharing the joy that the performing arts bring to life. From the William T. Grant Foundation, working to harness the power of research to make a difference in the lives of children, teens, and young adults for more than 80 years. Learn more at WTGrantFDN.org and from listeners like you who donate to this NPR station.
1: Thanks for listening to our podcast. You know, while From the Top is distributed by NPR, it isn't owned by NPR. It's an independent nonprofit, and so we have to do our own fundraising to make it happen. Please consider making a donation to our ongoing entertainment and education programs at fromthetop.org.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Capella University. With Capella's FlexPath Learning Format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.